Welcome to SLU Law Summations, presenting brief looks at legal matters that matter to you by St. Louis University School of Law, located in the heart of downtown St. Louis. This year, the healthcare industry has been abuzz with news that Aetna will move to merge with Humana, an anthem with Cigna. The U.S. Department of Justice does not agree with these mergers and is taking the companies to court in a public fight over consumer rights. I'm Corey Dugas, and today we're joined by Tim Greeny, co-director of the Center for Health Law Studies and Chester A. Myers Professor of Law. Professor Greeny began his career in the DOJ's Antitrust Division and has testified numerous times before Congress, most recently before the House Judiciary Subcommittee earlier this year. Thank you for joining us today, Tim. Thank you. You've spoken a lot about the mergers of Aetna with Humana and Anthem with Cigna. Can you explain why the Department of Justice has taken these companies to court? Sure. Uh, these are two unprecedentedly large mergers. Uh, they are combining four of the five largest uh, insurance companies in the country, uh, leaving essentially the big three controlling a big share of health insurance around the country. Uh, so uh, when you look at it, uh, antitrust law, as enforced by the Justice Department, focuses on a pretty simple proposition that um, when you have fewer competitors, prices go up. And there's a lot of economic evidence that shows that's true in the health insurance industry. Past mergers mm -hmm. have been studied, and it shows premiums go up when there are too few competitors. So um, what the law tries to do is identify sort of specific markets where uh, the effect will be felt. And in health insurance, there are a bunch of different products that are sold. Uh, so uh, the Justice Department complaints in the two cases identify uh, the exchange market, the marketplaces created under the ACA is one market, the Medicare Advantage is another, the markets for large employers uh, buying insurance or actually uh, buying uh, services for their insurance uh, as another one. And um, uh, the uh, reviews of these mergers ca started coming in when they were announced, and there was fairly fierce opposition from a variety of groups, including consumer groups, uh, labor groups, as well as uh, the American Medical Association, the American Hospital Association. Mm -hmm. um, and um, the latter two providers have been uh, advocating against the mergers for fear that it would they would hurt, harm quality. So I've been, uh, as you said, I've been doing some kibitzing on this. Uh, I testified in the House Judiciary Committee, and I also wrote a, uh, an advocacy piece for a think tank in Washington. And I think both of those will be on, uh, on our webpage for anyone that's interested. Uh, but the, the gravamen of the complaint is that fewer competitors hurt competition, and we'll see what the federal courts have to say about it in trials that actually begin in December. Um, now, there's also a uh, real possibility that these, at least one of these cases, the Aetna case, could settle if the parties agree to sell off insurance plans and, and uh, satisfy the court and the Justice Department. That remains to be seen, but some speculate that may happen. Um, by the way, just this uh, proceed to the commercial part of this broadcast, I should mention that we are putting on a symposium on April 7th at the Health Law Center here at the law school. And uh, we're inviting uh, both national experts on market concentration, as well as experts uh, that are going to talk about the St. Louis area market. Great. So the hope is we will have uh, a big audience there uh, focusing on, on what is really a pivotal issue now in healthcare, which mm -hmm. is 
will the benefits of competition be, be thwarted by too much concentration? And uh, many people think that might be a, a real turning point in where, where we go in healthcare. This sounds like it could be really interesting. Are, are our listeners in St. Louis invited to that symposium in April? Yes, open to the public. Uh, I think there may be pre-registration. It'll be on our, our webpage, but we have a, a very large auditorium to house a lot of people. Great. We'll look for more information on that as it gets closer to the date. So as you're talking about these mergers, can you explain um, how these could potentially be risky for consumers or how it would impact them? Sure. The bottom line in these analyses are what's the effect of on consumers. Antitrust is really a consumer protection statute. It says too much concentration is bad for consumers because it drives up price or mm-hmm. harms quality. So um, Justice has identified a number of um, different markets, and interestingly, a number of uh, these markets have particular effect in the St. Louis or the Missouri region. So for Aetna and Humana, for example, uh, there is concern about the, uh, the marketplace uh, exchange markets, and uh, the complaints in the case identify four counties, Clay, Jackson, uh, Newton, and Jasper, where the effect is particularly harmful and they've alleged harm. Uh, in, um, uh, and uh, 54 counties in which the Aetna merger will harm competition in Medicare Advantage. And, you know, it's something like one-third of all seniors get their Medicare through these private plans. And interestingly, on the other merger, Anthem-Cigna, it's one of only two states that the government identified a problem in the exchange market. Uh, But in St. Louis, it's particularly troublesome because the the result would be if the merger went through, Aetna is actually dropping out of the exchanges, and that's another story we can talk about in a minute. But uh, with that, uh, St. Louis might be left with just Anthem and Cigna in the exchange market, and they're merging. Ah, <laughs> so, we'll so that's be, not great options we're there. We're going from two to one. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's really problematic. And again, the evidence shows uh, these things play out in higher prices. So there's real local effects here. Uh, there's also national effects, too, because in the uh, Anthem-Cigna merger, um, the concern is the large employers, the, the national employers, Uh, buy uh, uh, services uh, locally but through national Mm -hmm. uh, insurance plans. And uh, with two of the big four, Anthem and Cigna, merging, uh, some of the big employers are expected to testify in court to say, you know, this is just going to drive up our costs and that will be higher costs for our employees. So uh, a lot going on on that score, but uh, they're both local and national effects. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that both price and quality are impacted. So you, you talked just a moment about, ago about the price. Can you explain what the quality impact would be? Sure. You know, when you think about what you get out of insurance, um, obviously uh, you want coverage. And coverage uh, is important both in terms of of uh, what services you are covered, but also your network. And many people are concerned about the adequacy of networks. Mm-hmm. How many doctors are going to be in your network? What are what are, what are going to be the disincentives to go there? And that's that's a big factor. A lot of other things go into quality. One is uh, the availability of helpful administrative services, good websites, uh, reasonable uh, processes for appeals. So um, you know, in the fine print, there's a lot behind insurance besides paying your medical bills. There certainly is. And and 
as somebody that has experienced looking through all that policy information, it can be very confusing, um, and it can for a regular consumer. So when we're looking at this, how does it play into the bigger picture of health care under, under the Affordable Care Act? Yes. Something that certainly doesn't come through if you listen to uh, political campaigns is what uh, what role uh, competition plays uh, in under, let's say, health reform to begin with, the Affordable Care Act. Um, it really is built on a platform of competition. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of the Affordable Care Act is uh, that we have competition among hospitals and physicians and competition among insurers to bargain with those hospital and physicians to drive down price and assure good quality. Um, and without it, the, the, you know, the edifice can sort of crumble. And the country's been relying on a competitive market uh, for many years now. And it's, uh, I just point out to some people that uh, across the aisle from the Democrats that might be concerned about these mergers, because if you look at proposals like Congressman Ryan's proposal for Medicare to turn Medicare into a voucher program, that's going to depend on competitive insurance markets too. And I think any any uh, other reforms that are proposed depend on it. So uh, in the big picture, uh, it, it can be very harmful if, uh, no matter what your political stripe, if competition is, is, is injured. So uh, that's certainly a, a factor to be considered when you look at uh, what's going to happen down the road. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about what's happening uh in, in the nation, but there's also been talk of the health systems merging in Illinois. Is this related to what, what we've been discussing? Sure. There's, there's, there are two sides of this uh, issue. One, we've been talking about the insurance mergers, but there's a lot of consolidation that has happened and is now going on as well on the provider side. Hospitals merging with other hospitals, physician groups merging with other physician groups, and hospitals acquiring physician groups. Um, and to some extent, that's a good thing. And the, mm-hmm. the Affordable Care Act, and most people think we, we need to defragment the system. We need uh, less of uh, isolated doctors in their offices and uh, more of an integrated system because the evidence shows uh, more integration, as you see in the Kaiser system in California, produces better care, lower costs. So that's a good thing, but only up to a point. And the problem is, once you have too many mergers on the provider side, you have the same problem I discussed earlier. And there's a ton of evidence that shows uh, when hospital mergers get to go too far, when they're too concentrative, you get from four to three, three to two, uh, price goes up for hospital services, and the same with physician services. So, um, uh, and a lot of studies show that that's one of the biggest drivers of health care costs in the country. It helps explain why our costs are, are so much higher than, uh, than the rest of the world, is that we, we have much higher prices, higher provider prices, higher physician prices, without, importantly, without differences in quality. So, um, uh, FTC, the other federal agency that deals with competition has challenged a a number of mergers, and uh, there's an important one uh, under review now in federal court in Chicago. Now, the FTC lost that case, did not get the preliminary injunction it was seeking from the district court, and it's on appeal before the Seventh Circuit, and we'll see how that goes, but that's uh, that's certainly an important development. The FTC has won a number of cases of this kind, and uh, it was thought was the law was going to curb these uh, concentrative mergers. But uh, that decision, along with another decision in Pennsylvania that's also on appeal, 
um, could uh, could encourage uh, if if other hospitals take this as a, a signal could encourage further consolidation in the future. So we're going to have to see what, what happens there. Uh, it's a, a complicated uh, issues of defining markets and so on, but um, uh, those, those issues are very much in play right now. Okay. So we've spent a lot of time talking about some of the concerns with these mergers, um, both with the providers and the insurance companies, but what's the benefits? What what are these healthcare systems and providers seeing as the benefits of merging? Sure, and I, I think on both sides you can sort of wrap it up in a, uh, a couple of words. One is they claim that there'll be cost savings with greater size. It's always claimed that you'll have efficiencies, synergies, uh, uh, economies of scale and scope, um, and that's certainly true in most mergers. I mean, most mergers do have some cost savings, but the question is. Uh, how big are those cost savings going to be compared to the price increases that could result? And secondly, do we know whether those cost savings will be passed on to consumers? Mm-hmm. Now, one interesting little aspect of all of this is some people raise the the, the specter or the, the issue of, well, we've got so many concentrated hospital markets and that we know they charge higher prices. What Maybe there'll be some benefit in having uh, powerful insurers to bargain with them. Um, and I've, uh, I've, I've called this the sumo wrestler theory, the idea that the two big entities will bump bellies in the, sta- in the middle of the stage and will get lower costs mm-hmm. and better quality out of that. Um, and I call it a fallacy because actually it turns out that that has not happened in, in experience uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that uh, uh, the, the sumo wrestlers um, uh, sometimes shake hands, and it turns out that they, they sometimes find a way of accommodating each other. The insurer mm-hmm. helps out the hospital, the hospital helps out the insurer, and save and savings don't uh, result. Uh, the, the other is that even when the dominant insurer can get a better deal out of the hospital, uh, the evidence shows it tends not to pass it along to consumers because it's big enough to just hang on to the excess profit. So you look at those things, and you, you, the, the advocacy I've done is, is skeptical about it. But it may be very appealing to a court. One mm-hmm. never knows what a, what a district court might say about these things. Uh, but uh, all of this is up for grabs because uh, there will be um, extensive trials in December. Uh, the judges uh, in the two cases, the two merger cases that are being tried in the District of Columbia Federal Court, uh, will uh, are promising a decision uh, by... Uh, early January. Uh, interestingly, there is a breakup fee in each merger of uh, excessive of $1 billion, with a B wow. uh, in each case. So that assures the parties are going to stick to it because mm-hmm. uh, the buying party has to pay off the, uh, the acquired party if, it, if they try to back away from it. So we don't really know what the impact of this will be until those decisions are made, which we expect in January? That, that's, the, uh, that's the estimate. And then, of course, there might be appeals. And there is the possibility in the Aetna case that there could be a settlement. So there could be a, a meeting of the minds that if they sell off enough plans, very big questions about how adequate that remedy would be. But that's a possibility in that case. So obviously the big thing that's looming before that January date is the elections that are coming up in November. So how do they affect the outcome of these cases um, or result in legislation to address the competition problems that we've been talking about? Well, as you mentioned at the outset, I'm an alumnus of the Justice Department Antitrust Division, so I'll give you a few uh, words about how how the division works. 
And, you know, we took, and I, the division takes real pride in, in uh, being professionals and being law enforcers. And regardless of the administration, uh, the job is to enforce the law and to bring cases that uh, merit scrutiny by courts and deserve the attention of, of courts. And I don't think I don't think a change in administration will will change that. Uh, I don't I don't think uh, a conservative administration would would or should back away from um, uh, th these issues. Now, of course, there is the possibility that. I think it's pretty unlikely, given the way Congress works, that there could be a, a massive change and repeal of the, of the Affordable Care Act, and things could uh, could change on that score. But um, I, I think it's pretty unlikely that there be any any wholesale changes in in uh, uh, these cases. But it, an important issue going forward is what we're going to do about concentrated markets, and uh, along with some other people, and we're going to. Have have some of this in our uh, talk about this in our April symposium is uh, can we control costs where the horse is out of the barn where there's already so much concentration uh, that uh, prices have gone up and uh, you're not looking at mergers you're looking at extant existing monopolies and uh, we're going to have several good uh, national experts talking about that. That's great to hear. It's, it's been a delight to have you on the program today. This has been really exciting, and obviously this information is on the forefront of people's minds. Um, I hope that many of the listeners out there are able to join us at the symposium in April, and thanks again for joining us today, Tim. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us for SLU Law Summations, produced by St. Louis University School of Law.